It's just not fair. Control the controllables is a phrase you hear a lot around sports and performance. Uh, really much, or it applies very much to life as well. But that idea of controlling the controllables gets to this question of it's just not fair. Because we all have stuff that happens to us that's just not fair. And some people have like egregiously unfair things happen to them, often happens in our sporting situations. And I know, Steve, that you have one of the greatest it's just not fair moments I've ever heard. I wish you would have been there. I wish I would have been there too. I would have lost my mind. Well, if we roll back the tape, we, we were robbed. Yes. We were robbed, and it was at my rival high school, and probably 30 minutes away from where I grew up. It was, a, it was a basketball game, and it was awful. How awful was it? This is how awful it was. <laughs> okay, little backstory. Senior year, okay. two evenly matched teams. We had developed a, li- a rivalry during our junior high years. So it was one of those things that's brewing over time. Yes. Awesome. And we didn't like them. They didn't like us. As I said, we were pretty evenly matched. So we had beat them at home. And so now we were in the second game of the year, near the end of, near the, end of the season, and we were playing at their gym. And their gym was an older gym, built probably in the 60s. The Hoosiers cracker box yeah, kind of gym. It was really small. And there was something kind of unique about their gym that was different from other gyms that we played in. We played in a really large, expansive gym. Their gym was small, and at the end of the court, there was about six feet, seven feet from the end line to a brick wall. Nice, and concussion waiting to happen. Yes, and above the, the hoop was a balcony on both ends. Well, our students were forced to sit on the side they had students on the side as well, but they also had students in our end of the So like the up behind the hoop. Yeah. So That's the, an epic student section, by yeah. the way. That's so in the great. second half, we are looking into the, the glass. We're looking at the rim. We're shooting free throws, receiving unkind messages from the, from the students. One-fingered messages, yes. other various messages. So pretty crazy, but pretty, pretty fun, uh-huh. you know. Pretty fun. And we, uh, the scoreboard was also very visible. Okay. It was right by the student section on the brick wall. Okay. And so you could, when you were looking to the end of the court, it, it, was, it was within your vision. You could see the, the clock. And that becomes important later on in the mm-hmm. story. So, Tell us more. Yeah. So this goes down to the wire. Okay. Okay. And we're down near our basket. Okay. And there's a jump ball. Okay. And so what? Hold on. What's the score here? We are down one. Okay, down one. Jump ball. Yeah, this is like a movie ending. This okay. Is, yeah, we're setting this up for a for a good good cinematic finish. Excellent. I know you love the word. Cinematic. I do. Yeah. Cinematic. Jump ball, and we the listeners need to understand. <laughs> they we need to understand to, how old you are. <laughs> yeah, we used to have jump balls at the end of the court. There used to be a little dotted line in uh-huh. the key. That would be the second half of the circle. For our younger listeners, that's why that line is on there on some courts. Yes. If they have not repainted for 40 years, you know, then, uh-huh. then uh, you would see those, that dotted line. 
So teams would run jump ball plays. Like you would run actual plays, like you would run an out-of-bounds play. Right. And some of our plays were scoring plays. Well, we were going to run a scoring play. Okay. So down one, jump ball, down in front of your basket. Yeah. Okay. In front of their crazy kids. With the crazies up yeah. above. <laughs> we tipped. We got the tip. Okay. It was tipped towards their basket. So it was, it, it was tipped behind us. Okay. Meanwhile, on the right side of the circle, a back pick was being set. It, and if you don't know what a back pick is, it really isn't that important. No. Just know that we executed the back pick. They did not switch. We surprised them. Uh, the player that caught the, caught the ball, caught the tip, then just lofted it over to me. Uh, who was moving towards the basket, I caught it and, and literally just laid it up in one movement, no dribble. I was right by the Beautiful. Hoop. Yeah. So you go yeah. up one. Yeah, and there was three seconds on okay. the clock. So that whole play probably took, that's what, a tip, a pass, a finish, two seconds max, right? Max. Okay. Yeah, max. So there should be one second left on the clock when you scored it. Yeah. Right. Ball goes through the net, pandemonium ensues. Right. Our, our kids are running onto the court. It's craziness. We're, we're like celebrating. And then all of a sudden, there's, I wouldn't say a hush because it was still pretty loud. I mean, you couldn't even hear the buzzer go uh-huh. off. And we look over there and the officials are gathered at the scorer's table. That's never a good sign. No. <laughs> this is not a good sign. And we're just... Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. And the next thing you know, we see the score clock operator wave his hands. Oh, uh, like waving the basket off. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. And then uh, the officials talking to the coaches. Our coach is not happy. That's an even worse sign. We are not happy. And uh, our fans are not happy. Their fans are cheering. We quickly get ushered off the floor to the locker room and i do remember this clearly one of my one of my best friends punched a locker Ooh! did he break his hand or did the locker give he did not break his hand but he put a slight crease in this metal it's metal it's (laughs) a metal locker so he was so mad he dented metal yeah he dented he dented metal and, uh, oh, by the way, he did get drafted by the Miami Dolphins a few years I later. can see why. <laughs> I remember pacing. I was so mad. Uh, I was not going to punch a locker, but I, I would imagine there was some language. I, I don't know. It was not. This is a kid show. Let's, yeah, we'll we'll leave was, that out. This was not a good situation. And we finally just sat down, and we were just stewing and pouting, very frustrated. Understandably so, too. Yeah. And, and. But our coach is not in the locker room. Right. So he was out there and... Probably trying to plead the case. Sure. So he gets in the locker room now. What does he say to you guys? I was really interested in what he was going to say because I had, I had great respect mm-hmm. for this man. And he was, he was my favorite coach uh, in, in sports of all time. And I always liked his perspective on things. I do not remember the exact words. Okay, I'm really bummed over here. <laughs> but I am going to make a pilgrimage to see him. Okay, good. Next, in 2023. 20, so All right, I'm so gonna, we'll get a follow-up episode on this. I am going this. to ask him if he remembers that, what he said. I do clearly 
remember the feeling I had. Which was? When we left that locker room. Which, uh, the feeling was this. We are going to control everything that we can control. And it was almost like he was tying a ribbon on this thing and we're done. We have zero control over this outcome. We did everything we could do. What are we going to do from this point on? That's awesome. And 30 30 miles later... He, t- he took it a little further. Uh-huh. Do you want to know that? Sure. Well, we got back to the school. He had on his shoulder what we would call a beta machine. Okay. For... It was one of the first video recording <laughs> beta. tape, beta tapes. So we have jump ball circles and beta tapes. I... Beta eventually lost to VHS. Yes. Yes. Which I don't know why, because beta tapes were smaller. Right. And we love small things. And we went we with love the, small tech. Yeah. We went with the big clunky VHS. Huh. Anyway, the locker room had kind of cleared out. And as, as we were getting ready to leave, there was a few of us still there. And he, he had his recorder and he said, hey, let's go look at this. Okay. Now, this is not common. People, you know, people at this time were not watching, high school teams were not watching film. Yeah. This, this was... So we walked up the stairs to our wrestling room where there was a, a TV up okay. there. He hooks it up. He fast forwards to the end. And lo and behold, the scoreboard is right in, it's in the view. Right. It's right on the camera. So we are getting a look of the, the jump ball by the basket, including the clock. And the ball fell through the net with one second left. Oh, ouch. Confirmation ouch. that you were completely robbed. Yes. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> I think it was a good thing. Okay. I think it would have been much more painful to not actually know. Yeah. So we knew. I do remember that there was nothing said. So it was just watch the video, shut it down. He shut it down. He popped the tape out. Put the thing back in the shoulder <laughs> back. It was a, kind of a big piece of equipment. And he just looked at us. There was a handful of us there. He just looked at us. And it was just eye to eye knowing that we are going to, from this point on, we will control what we are going to control. And we hope we get another opportunity. And did you get the other opportunity? We did. Yes. Because in where I grew up, we had district tournaments before state tournaments. Okay. So you had to win a district tournament to get to the state To get to state. So we actually had uh, the number one seed. We won the conference. Okay. But that didn't get us to state. So you had to play your rivals again, the people in your district, which we had a three-team district. You had to play them again to get to state, which those were crazy games. Those were fun, fun games to play. Life or death games. NCAA tournament quality. So we were the number one seed. We had the home court advantage. And the other two teams played. Our rival won that game. And so they play us again. We're playing for the third time our senior year. The last game that we're going to play, play with this your group gym. of players uh, against, you know, in this rivalry situation. And we beat them by 20. Beautiful. That is so cool. What a great example, too, of E plus R equals O really comes out in this. And that's an old equation. It gets thrown around in, like, psychology and stuff like that. It's kind of, it came from a... Uh, clinical practicing psychologist in Southern California in the 50s. But it's this idea that the event plus the response equals the outcome. So an awful event like that, totally unjust experience, not fair at all, but it's an event 
in the past and we can't control anything about the past at all. The only thing you guys could do was manage your response. And I think that's what your coach did such a great job of is setting that example of this is a quality response in, a, in our situation. We got cheated, we got robbed, here's the video, we can prove it. But the only thing we can do is control our response going forward. Which we did. Yeah, I, and, and you did well, because the quality of your response leads to a better outcome. If you have a high quality response, you're going to end up with a higher quality outcome, regardless of what the outcome is. And so that was, that's such a great example of how do you respond in those moments when it's just not fair. You control the controllables, you live on that E plus R equals O, and that's such a great equation to think about. And there's a couple of questions that I would love to dig into that I think will help our parents out. Because if we can get good at this as parents and help coach our kids on how to be good at it, it helps them to perform at higher levels. The first question there is, how do you get better at this? Any ideas on how you get better at this? Well, if, you, if we go back to my story, yeah. we, one thing was we actually, in the present moment, we, we worked on it at, yeah. at our practices. Like we worked on remaining calm, remaining neutral, focusing on what we can do right now. For example, that mon- the next Monday practice, we were, we were not focused on the past. Yeah, we were, that's great. Like, what can we do right now to influence the outcome? We can't control yeah. it, but we can influence it. Yeah, you have to make a conscious effort to do that too. And that takes practice. I think that's how you get better at this stuff is find ways to practice the E plus R equals O thing. So how do you practice it? Realizing that there's a past, a present, and a future that you can get into with everything. So with anything that pops up, you can look back on and say, what could we have done better? I think this is what, how parents should approach it too. So that other question of how do you have the discussion with your kids is you start by looking at things that have happened and you break it down with your kid, like if your situation, maybe let's say I'm your dad at home. If I was to do this with you, I would say, hey, what happened? And just give you the opportunity to talk about whatever happened and then say, how did you respond? Get your answer on that. And then say, if you could go back and do it again, what would you have done different? Is there a way you could have responded even better? And that lets you figure out, okay, what can I do different in the future? Now you go and you start thinking about the future and you plan out, okay, how would I respond to negative events? If that happens to you, did you ever have anything when you were a coach that was like that? <laughs> Not to like get into a whole nother story, but did you, did you have experiences oh, for, like that where you felt like you got robbed? Sure. Yeah. Did the event in the past help you to handle that event when it happened? I think so. I mean, I've had, I've had people comment and say, why, why were you so calm in that situation? Yeah. How did you say, stay so calm in that situation? I do think it's from past lessons, understanding that we have to control the controllables. There are some things that are just completely out of our control. Yep. Unfortunately, in basketball, one of them is the officials. Yes. But that's a, it's so important in a game like that because you think about all the, all the different types of performances. You got banned. You got some of these other things. They're judged. Judged. Yeah. By, by pe- human beings that can be very subjective, that can be very, you know, d- distracted by things, by bias. And they're they're and human. They're, they're human. And so that's an uncontrollable. Officials are like that in, in basketball and in football and any other sport where you have a ref that makes judgment calls. And, you know, you have to take into account that we can't control that. And that's what helps us have better responses is being really clear in our minds, 
this is what we can control, this is what we can't. The discussion with your kids is, what can you control, what can you not control? And helping them to get clear about that. You get clear about that, they get clear about that. That's how you get better at this. So I have a question for you. Go ahead. Because I'm fascinated by the past, present, future. Okay. Apply that to a driving situation. Okay. From the driver's ed teacher, I love this. So a Not anymore. Okay. Former driver's ed teacher. Done. 27 years. Over. Applaud. Everybody stand up. Applaud. But how do you apply that to a driving situation? Okay, I have a problem with overreacting when people cut me off in traffic. You do. Or do stupid things, yes. And I think most of us do. We just don't like to talk about it. So for me... This is hard for me to imagine. <laughs> so this approach is that the, the best place for me to start is to look at a response I've had in the past and don't be afraid to be a little bit critical about it. You know, I got cut off yesterday in traffic. I didn't respond very well. What would I wish I would have done? Okay. So I look at that. Now I use that to create, okay, what am I going to do next time that happens? And so I've decided that what I want to do is I want to, when somebody cuts me off, the first thing I'm going to do is say, they must be having a bad day. So I verbalize that. I say, they must be having a bad day. And that's, that's what I'm going to do in the future when somebody cuts me off. And then the next step to that is now when it happens again, boom, I get Cut off. That's how I want to respond. I would imagine they were probably related to the score clock operator. Probably. It may actually be. Yeah. I'll have to pull them off. They, they have a tendency to cut people off. <laughs> well, I so think... So what you're, what you're saying there is you looked at the past. Yes. It wasn't a, it wasn't a positive experience. Nope. You didn't, you didn't re- respond the way you, your best self would respond. Yep. So then you look to the future. This is what I would will do differently. Yep. And then you are going to get a present moment opportunity. At some point, it's going to happen again because that's traffic, that's driving. And And if you you win there, if you win that moment, you're probably going to win the next one too. Yep. And you know, you can build your confidence too. If you look back and you did respond well, just remember what you did, what you were proud of. And then you just keep going back to that. So I think that's a good way to approach it. A great challenge for us to leave Yes. everyone with today challenge time uh, challenge for the parents any younger people are listening you can do this too but come up with a list of 10 things that you can control and if you do it specific to a situation it can help you get really granular with this but just come up with a list 10 things you can control bonus excuse me bonus challenge is parents let your kids fail and then come in after <laughs> they fail and do this Come in after they fail and have a conversation where it's not about putting on the emotional band-aids and making it all better in the moment. Come in and have the conversation of what happened, how did you handle it, what would you do different next time, and help them start planning some of these things out. Help them get a handle on what are the controllables in a given situation. Asking only questions. Use a question-only conversation. That's a good one. I really like that one. That's a hard one. This is why we say, what do we say about parenting? It's the hardest job and there's not a close second. So what encouragement could you give to a parent who is sitting there saying, this is really difficult? Everything is trainable and you can make progress on this. It doesn't matter if you're 95 or 5, you can get better at using E plus R equals O to respond well when it's just not fair. On behalf of Steve Galley, I'm Nate Crandall and we thank you, our loyal listeners, for tuning in to this episode. If you love what you're learning from the Stop Parenting and Start Coaching podcast, we would appreciate it very much if you would leave us a five-star review and some glowing comments. 
We also encourage you to share this episode with your friends and family who are parents of athletes and performers. And if you want to explore further and see what Steve and I are creating to help thousands of parents, athletes, and performers, please visit our company's website at createtransformbecome.com. That's createtransformbecome, all one word, dot com. There you'll find a growing number of resources to help you elevate your performance. Thank you again for your support, and we encourage you to create a magical relationship with your athlete and performer.